The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts. This is the show where we tell the voices of our city through the stories of our city. Scratch that, reverse it, as Willy Wonka would say. We tell the stories of our city through the voices of our city. And by the way, if uh, you want your own podcast, kids, go to pod617.com. You could be the next big podcast star. It's a great way to reach your audience, clients, etc. You can come right in here to our Westwood Mass Studios or do it remotely. We'll send you out a cool microphone to get you started. That's on the house, by the way, the mic, if you work with us. So pod617.com and pod we trust. Speaking of our Westwood Studios, we have a guest in studio today. He is my friend. He is a guy I know, and that's just about enough for today. His name's Matt St. Germain, and he's here. How you doing, Matt? Spectacular. Thanks Great. for having me. I don't usually have a sidekick for this show. You're not the sidekick. You're the guest. But I feel like you have sidekick chops. Has anyone ever told you that? Chops? Like my, my hair? Because <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> you, you, Matt doesn't happen to have hair. He, I have slightly more hair than Matt has. But you just mentioned yeah. you have a twin sister. This is apropos of nothing. But you just sure. where where is she in the world geographically? Brookfield, Massachusetts. Oh, cool. Yeah. And. Is she? Are you guys identical, or well, you can't be identical, right? I don't. How does that work? You want, you want to take that one? <laughs> no, we're not identical. Wait, can can you have identical twins if it's if it's different genders? You can't. Like you should know this one. No, <laughs> you cannot. No, that would be that would be problematic. Okay. Well, I know you wouldn't literally be identical, but I uh, never mind. Never mind. Boy, that was a stupid question. All right, drive safe, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Boston podcast. So, <laughs> does uh, but but I, I want to meet her because I presume yeah. she has hair. She does. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're gonna do. We're gonna play a couple fun and gamey stuff with right. with Matt. We're gonna play a round of burning questions. That's coming up in a moment, and then we're gonna do a round of good stuff where both Matt and I recommend something good for you to check out. Maybe brighten your day a little bit. Like but before we started recording, Matt told me that he is an expert in comic books, and so I. I'm not a comic book guy, and by the way, Matt's a cool, like, hip-looking guy, so I don't want you to think he looks like comic book guy from The Simpsons with, like, you know, half a burrito down his shirt. That guy always wearing the Green Lantern shirt. Yes. Right. The fat dudes always love those shirts. Yeah. So, like, how did you get into them? Do you remember what the first comic book was that you got? Yeah, yeah. So, so well, for me, it actually was Green Lantern. So that, that oh, was, really? yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, this is something for probably seven, sixth, seventh grade. It was just kind mm-hmm. of my thing. So probably the, you know, growing up in the 90s and, and watching the late X-Men cartoons was a big inspiration. Mm-hmm. My dad was the big into the Adam West Batmans, the Christopher Reeve stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I realized pretty early on I wasn't going to be playing for the Red Sox and I should find other... <laughs> venues to uh, entertain myself so yeah so comic books so I, i've always been into it and uh, that hasn't changed uh, since wow. not i'm 40 yeah. so how would you explain the old television version of batman to someone who's never seen, seen it before or worse yeah. i guess to to like this younger generation who knows batman as 
you know, Robert Pattinson. Is that the guy who's doing it now? Or, <laughs> yeah. or what? what's his name? Yeah, wow. So the old Adam West one, if you were to watch that, I mean, any, I think my, my 12-year-old would think it's corn volley. I mean, yeah. And, he, and he'd be right. I mean, it's it's... I think it was only like a whole one episode and then one movie, right? I mean, one season, one movie. So it wasn't. It seemed so like there were more, though. It, I mean, we didn't see it in its first run because I, I'm pretty sure it debuted in the '60s. It did, but it was not, when you, it was on in repeats, and we would watch it. And it was, you know, it was camp. Well, it is camp now. I don't know if it was meant to be camp. We're looking at a uh, a scene now of uh, of almost human like porpoise. Yes, this is. From the movie, I think it is. Bat. He's got bat shark repellent in his belt. Yeah, he's battling a shark. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're watching this, I mean, there was only what three channels. So right. compared to, I don't know, is it this or Ed Sullivan? I mean, it was pretty yeah, good. Exactly. But the shark is the fakest thing you've ever seen. Uh, and and he's. You seen Congo with Tim Curry? <laughs> Those no. gorillas might be more fake. Okay. The shark repellent bat spray. <laughs> so he always had. He, of course, he has everything on his bat belt or whatever he called it, yeah. including Utility including shark repellent because you never know when okay. you're going to need it, right? So when they fall into the water here, they get they get tied, tied to a buoy. Oh, and, and right? then there's a torpedo headed for them, and they just cut to them safe. <laughs> oh, and and they mentioned that yeah, a, the almost human-like porpoise jumped in front of the torpedo and saved them from the... <laughs> Oh, yeah, the, it, the, the Riddler. Do, dove on the grenade for them. I'm not suggesting you watch this, but it's <laughs> it's good. He just freed himself from the shark using the shark repellent. Oh, the clip didn't go so just, far as the torpedo bit. Sorry. Touch and go for a while there. <laughs> so what is your... So I remember they, they had a segment on the Toucher and Rich radio program where they would interview people at a comic book convention, and it was called oh, yeah. What's in Your Stack? Yeah. And so, and so, I ask you, Matt, what what is, what's in your stack? Like, what's your prize possession in the comic for comic books? I yeah. got, I mean, so I went a little crazy when when the the COVID thing started, and I couldn't travel, so I blew most of that travel money on comic, comic books. books. Really? Yeah, no, I went nuts. I got all the ones I wanted when I was a kid, and so I got all the first appearance of Iron Man and first appearance of Captain America and all that stuff. So it's. It's kind of like almost borderline uh, respectable collection I got now. Nice. Is it? Are you doing it because, in part, because it's an investment, or is it really just your affectation for them? Yeah, I, mean, I guess I, I guess I expect they will probably go up. That would be ideal, but but right. that's that wouldn't be the motivation. Now they're fun. I mean, these are these are ones like they're you know the, you get Superman books from the com, uh, Superman's from the forties. They're not making any more of them, and you, you get a cool Superman fighting Hitler comic book. Like they're so iconic. You got. I just bought the uh, Superman, Batman, Robin. They're all playing baseball in 19, uh, 1940. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're not making any more. So I, just a piece of Americana that I right. really like. I display them all around my little comic book that's, dungeon. That's cool. Yeah, I, 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 I love it. Um, yeah. I, now, comic books, they do. I talked about the, them as an investment. I figure that's not the only reason why you're doing it. But they do. They're still very, like, the... I, I think the value of them tends to go up over time. It does, like, as compared to something like baseball cards, which ground to a halt at some point. Yeah. <laughs> did, so you, did you collect cards, those as well? Cards are crazy, too, because now you look at cards, and they're, like, 15 bucks a pack, and you get, like, four cards. Yeah. But every one has, like, an autograph or, like, a piece of a jersey or something. It's, right. It's, I mean, so comics are the same thing. They, they produce too many of them, just like baseball cards in the 90s. So there's very very little in the 90s worth anything. But they, they rebounded. They, you know, cut down the... 
the production and Marvel filed for bankruptcy and got bought by Disney. It's a, you know, it's a different animal now, but still fun. You should still check out the comic book uh, conventions. Yeah, well, I would go just, I mean, the, the, that has grown by leaps and bounds. Like Comic-Con now is, you don't have to be into comic books to go. Like, no. I, like I take my, my son to go just because there'll be some like quasi-celebrities there and just yeah. kind of fun and games like get your picture taken with johnny lawrence from the karate kid yeah, or he's something always like that. There. you got the gang there's always like a room of just like wwf wrestlers there's like i don't know for some reason d snyder is always there i, I don't know he's <laughs> he, just there he is a comic book character that's 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 probably why how many comic books total in your collection Twenty thousand, something like that are you serious yeah, yeah. Twenty thousand. Yeah, they're not all gems but yeah that's i got yeah, like something in each box is a couple hundred, and I've got lots of boxes. Well, wait. So, uh, have you have you perused? Have you read all of them? Let's start with that. Yeah, I mean, this is thirty-five years of collecting. This isn't this isn't wow. an overnight thing. That's crazy. So that that has to be worth. How much do you think the whole collection's worth? Ooh, you ever yeah. think about that? Um, and where and what is your address and the code no. to your security um, <laughs> security schmerdy? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Superman will take care of it if there's a breaking entering situation but no i don't know yeah i don't i don't know i mean it's probably uh, you, he's being humble but it's it's got to be you know close to 100k i would think i was going to say uh they average about but the they must average more than five five bucks up yeah right? no i mean not the ones in the 90s where i was buying oh. them all you know those okay, are worth right. a, those are worth a nickel there's i used to collect baseball cards and there's uh and you know you would you know back when a dollar meant something because mm-hmm. if I if you had a dollar you could buy like you know ten Swedish fish at the penny candy store, and uh, so like you know you'd buy I'd buy like a Ricky Henderson card and and the, you know the, when the book came out you know I I bought it for like seventy five cents and the value was a dollar ten I'd be like yes this is so great right. um, and at times it, in the eighties the baseball card market was so hot and now i don't know what happened i think it's it's tops the, the tops company's fault like they flooded the market with them or something there's a famous story about how this ken griffey junior card rookie card yeah yeah was go, you know yeah yeah it, it was going for hundreds and hundreds of dollars and then suddenly the value plummeted cuz they tops later admitted that they they printed like a million yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you ever, you remember the billy ripkin the the fu yes, one yes. so i remember that being on like in the heyday on people's court and some kid had stolen it from his friend, and it was worth like a hundred bucks. Yeah, back in I don't know eighty eight or somebody something. had written. Pardon the French listeners. Somebody had written fuckface, fuckface fuck on yeah. the on the bottom on the what do you call that part of the bat? The nub of the bat, the the not the business end of the bat, the other end. And so when he held it up, or maybe he did. Did the story ever come out? Did he do it on purpose? No, or? no, his teammates did it. Oh, what a great prank! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Don yeah. Russ did about fifteen variations where they blotted it out, then they put a. There's five different variations of the card where they tried to cover it up. And right. The cover-up's always always worse than the crap. I remember that I had a Bob Horner. No, what was it? Was it Bob Horner? No, Bob Horner rookie card was just overvalued because everyone thought it was going to be great, and he ended up being just a fat tub of goo. It was a Danny Ainge card, I want to say. A Dan- Danny Ainge, when he played baseball before he joined the Celtics, okay. he was on the Blue Jays, but I think a card came out, and it was an it was an error. It had him on... A different team, like it had them on the Cubs or something. It wasn't the Cubs, but it was some other team. And so then they corrected it, and so people were obsessed and tried to get like both of them. It turns out the corrected one was worth more because they hadn't printed as many or whatever. Yeah. And now nobody gives a shit. That's worth ten cents. Yeah. Same anyway, for comics. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, before we we're gonna get to burning questions, I promise. Ooh. But but before Matt also mentioned he's an expert of, on Game of Thrones, and I just realized how much I missed that show. Yeah. 
and I just found online an Esquire article with the top 20 ranked characters in Game of Thrones, and I'm going to look at the top 10 here. Can I say my hot take is that the last season was fantastic, and I'm tired of people dumping on it, because it was so good. Yeah, I I, am... I'm with you for the most part. I think it was a classic case of people expecting too much, I think. Don't you think? Because well, well, I mean, whether that was Seinfeld or every other episode, the, the finale is always underwhelming for people. Right. Like, remember Seinfeld were bringing back, I think it was Larry David came back for the yeah. final episode or whatever to write it. But, yeah. But how did the house do you want Game of Thrones to end? It was perfect. Yeah. All these things the, colliding. Of course, things are going to speed up. Like, how could it happen so fast? What was the point of the Ice King? It, <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I know. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, it's it's hard writing fiction. Like, I've tried it. Like, I've written hundreds. I used to write for Lawyers Weekly. I've written hundreds of piece, pieces of of dreck, you know, just columns and stuff. But to make up a story that actually is satisfying is pretty damn hard. The Seinfeld was kind of a disaster because it, it, I think it tried a little too hard to wrap everything up and bring all the characters back. But I loved the... Like anything. I, other, than, other than Breaking Bad. That, that's one where people are like, that, that's the only way that could have ended. But people seem happy with that. Other than that, though, whether it's... It doesn't matter if it's friend, if it's lost. That one got ripped at the end. I mean, that was yeah. How do you want Lost to end? Can't go on forever. I actually thought the last episode of Lost was okay. Like I, I liked that shot of spoiler alert of Jack in purgatory, wherever he was, yeah. among all the people on the show. I thought that was a nice way to end it. I saved this clip from Game of Thrones yeah, you're in the because there. <laughs> it's true. But I does nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. Holy crap! Is that your voice? Nothing can stop it. No, that was Tyrion. Yeah. Good God! I, yeah, in the last episode, he he's saluting the who's the guy that they eventually pick as the leader, Bran. Bran, right, Bran, and saying how he's he knows all the stories and that's more powerful and everything. And that's a good lesson for podcasting people. So we're gonna let what the hell? Let's look at this. Number ten, Daenerys Targaryen. The uh, this is top ten characters. What are we yeah, looking at? Yeah, just okay. but it's you know one man's opinion, I guess, from whoever wrote this from Esquire. Oh. And uh, Daenerys comes in at number ten. The the queen of Dragons, right? <laughs> yeah. Mother of dragons. Mother right? of dragons. Yeah. She seems, uh, that seems low to me. I think I would have had her higher. So this is just who he likes, because I'm saying, and I'm already skipping ahead here, but yeah, Potter Payne at nine is already, how the hell is he getting the top ten? I have no idea. He was, although, I guess because he's a good character, he's lovable. He was like the chubby guy, right? Oh, no, Podrick was, was, was that Podrick? We can't, no, we're not even looking at a picture here. When so you I don't say know. the chubby guy, I, I would not say he's the chubby guy. Okay. No, I'm thinking of... Uh, ah, never mind. This is terrible podcasting. Let's see what else they've got. Maybe this list is... To... Yeah, you're right. This uh, list is weird. Um, yeah, so this guy... We've got... Okay, we're going to jump ahead. we got Ned Stark at number seven, which is a solid showing, considering he was only in the first season before he lost uh, his head. Yeah, this is nonsense. <laughs> All right. Brienne. Bri- Brienne at number six. I could live with that. This is nonsense. <laughs> I'm calling shenanigans on this whole list. Why? You, you had Tyrion's at number five. You had Tyrion's him at number five, yeah. But I'm, I guess I want to see the top five because it's, okay. there's already, like, we're already, there's no way you can fit the, the real top five. In All right, let's if see. If this is Jon Snow at number one, I'm going to flip this whole desk Number over. four, <laughs> number four is, cool. is Joffrey. I, I peaked. It's not Jon Snow. Top um, three better have Ramsay in it. If this is just, like, best character. I don't. We're gonna have to look at the criteria here because yeah. they have Jamie Lannister at number three. Now, I, I, that's he was a great character, right? Yeah, yeah. You love to hate him. Yeah. He's got Arya. Okay, so Jon Snow didn't even make the top ten. I could. Tell. Okay, I'm, <laughs> not, got, I'm okay with that. He's got Arya at number two. She's a beloved character. You could probably live yeah. with that one. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing her spinoff. 
Yeah. Wherever she's it, up to it, murdering people on the far side of the world. Are they talking about that? No, no but she ends up with her going off exploring. So maybe. she was she she also gave rise to one of the more uncomfortable experiences in television viewing when she had a a love scene oh, and yeah. and kind of like drops her robe, which I think led all males like me to go, "Oh my god, wait a minute, how old is she?" Like <laughs> you're talking about in this one, no. like Game of Thrones, in the Game of Thrones. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, the she last had an season. uncomfortable love scene in the X Men one too. Oh, she did. Okay, yeah, yeah. kind of okay. weird. I might have to look that up. And they have number one Cersei Lannister. Yeah. So, so where is Ramsay Bolton? He was like the best. Who was Ramsay? Ramsay, the one that feeds everyone to his dogs, and oh yeah, and, and, and Reek, oh, Reek yeah. was such a great character too. Oh god, I, I've, I won't. First, the, the Hound. How is the Hound not in the top ten characters? It's like he was. The Hound was the, great. He was like, every scene was on, he stole. Like, what's but, wrong? But, the, but you could name 20 great characters, probably. It just goes to show you what a what a remarkable show it was, and the casting was just unbelievable. Patrick Payne shouldn't be top 50. All right, so I'm sorry about Podrick, <laughs> uh, Matt. Esquire Magazine, if you're listening, clean up your act. But Thank you. the, the whole reek and who was his overlord ramsey ramsey i just had trouble watching i i can't deal with the dismemberment element of the whole thing every time i saw poor reek you know little finger he's he's not here little finger yeah i mean i don't know by the way he's 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 in everything now that actor he came from the wire if you recall Uh, all right yeah now we're officially rambling so let's let's do a quick round of burning questions because i promise we do it so here we go just one more thing. I have a riddle for you. Answer the question. All right. A few questions for Matt. Right. Number one. What old person things do you do, if any? <laughs> oh, man, everything. I mean, I still read the paper. I still walk around in my, my bathrobe and, and yell at <laughs> get kids off my lawn and stuff. The I, most old person thing I do is probably uh, I drive in the middle lane at the speed limit. <laughs> No, you don't. I do. Yeah. Do you really? I, I have no need for speed. Yeah, no. Really? I do. Like even on the highway? How fast do you go on the highway? Five five over. I 60 think. miles an hour. Or, wait, yeah. or I forget what yeah, the speed I mean, I'm in Maine, 75. But okay. yeah. I drink Moxie, and then this list could go all day. <laughs> I still wear a bathrobe and slippers. That is an, that is an old person thing. I, yeah. enjoy, I enjoy a good bathrobe and slippers. I drink Manhattans. That, that's an old guy that's thing. Old. That's yeah. my thing. Yeah. What did you think was cool when you were young but isn't cool now? When I was so young for me would be like 1990. So yeah. anything, I, I guess just because I watched Saved by the Bell, I thought <laughs> Greco-Roman wrestling was pretty cool. <laughs> And now I'm like, what the hell? Why are they rolling around? Get Wait, up. is Greco-Roman the, wrestling, is it different than like regular like collegiate high school wrestling? Or? In my mind, no. Okay. Uh, no, whatever AC Slater did yeah, that seemed was, pretty cool. Yeah, wrestling, yeah. It was, um, it was not. I don't I Yeah, don't well, it. it's the line from uh, The Breakfast Club, right? You, you wear tights? I wear the required uniform. Tights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's that. What what is something that you think most people learn only after it's too late? So as yeah, as far as like life lessons, I guess. Yeah, we're um, getting deep now. Yeah, ooh, that you don't learn until it's too late. Wow, that, that you're dropping the bombs early today. I would say in my case, probably you don't need to go to college. Um, mm. Like that's one where like wait, that's my bill, and I learned what? I mean, I could fit what I learned. I, so I went to the U of Rhode Island and. <laughs> I mean, it was it was not as hard as my high school. Okay, in all honesty. And and then when I start, I'm like, I have student loans for 15 years. I didn't know any of that stuff. Going yeah, in. I'm like, ah, it's kind of late for that one. I didn't know anything about student loans. My, my, I was blessed, as some people would say, 
to have my college paid for by my thank you, Susan and Saul. Yes. But when I went told them I was going to law school, they're like, okay, there's these things called federal student loans and here's the application. And so I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, ah, no problem. When I'm a lawyer, I'm going to be making a ton of money. Well, I got out of law school in 93. The job market completely sucked. And I, after a, a time I was employed, but I didn't pay those off for like eight to 10 years. Maybe it was something oh, like f- that. 15 is the going rate for you. Oh, I, was, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I think I was 37. And I, and I mean, you look at people doing it now. You're like, man, I, yeah. And it's even unless you're like the pharmacist type guy where you need it. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> I saw B, B, you just went up to jacked up to 61 a year. I'm like, okay. That's where my brother. Yeah. Went. I'm like he's doing the same thing. That's people like parents literally have to like take a second job to, to pay for that. But however, I would, I would push, I would ask you this mm-hmm. is the, is the, the, the growing up part of college more important than the actual academic a, a thousand percent. Yeah. 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 yeah so I, I, so there should be a college without classes, you know? That would, yeah, that or, 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 yeah, and I think probably a lot of the, I don't think, like a lot of the gen ed classes I had to take, I had to take astronomy, I, had, I mean, I knew I was never going to use it, I had to take statistics, I'm like, I, I don't care about this, but I had yeah. to do it, and, and, you know, I had to pay for it and all that, but now, I, I think it, you know, the bigger schools nowadays, you don't have to do the gen eds, and you have to, maybe if I had to do study abroad, that would be a good experience, but overall, yeah, no, it, it wasn't worth the it wasn't worth it then. It's definitely not worth it now. I passed on to doing a, a semester abroad because I'm sorry. Did you did you do one or not? No, no, you didn't. Grades yeah. weren't high enough. I I didn't go because I was afraid I would miss something fun in my fraternity house in West Philly. Mm. Really, really shrewd on my part. Yeah, who needs Europe? No, you're right. Uh, but there should be. It's almost like I'm making this up because I don't know all the facts. But I do know that in Israel, the you get to a certain age and you have to do spend time in the military yep. in some fashion, right? And I imagine that that is, although not everybody, I'm not suggesting that we do that in the United States, but for them, I imagine it is life lessons. It is growing up at that period of time. It is a shared experience. It's almost like if there could be something different than college during that four-year period that you could go to work. Mm. The I heard uh, author Chuck Klosterman, he had an idea. He said the U.S. government should purchase the Star Wars franchise and when you graduate high school, everyone should have to do a year working on the Star Wars movies because okay. <laughs> because that because there there'll be plenty of work to go around because they're such complicated massive movies, and it's you know it's one thing that America can be proud of. And so yeah. he he wasn't <laughs> he, and he, and so the the question came okay, well why why would George Lucas like sell the Star Wars he's he's he wanted yeah. this he wanted George Lucas just to give Star Wars to the U S government he's like he's got enough money so it's not going to happen but uh, pretty he, he should, I mean so. yeah I, I, the Peace Corps even like you can't even that's oh, right. so, that's so you can't get into that I mean it's harder to get into the Peace Corps is that true just, yeah, oh yeah, wow. yeah that was, I mean it was twenty years ago I mean I, everybody should have to do retail at some point you should have to be you know be a hostess at like a Mother's Day brunch somewhere in the country just to get that <laughs> that like honestly that's they all have a different perspective when you work in any retail, but restaurants in particular, I think. It's, so, do it's so true. Yeah. I used to feel like refreshed after I worked. I didn't do that much, but I, I did 10 bar at like three different places. And bartending isn't fun, by the way, people, for those of you wanting to get into it. It's, <laughs> it can be okay, but it's it's mostly what it, it work, which is what it's supposed to be. It's a lot of lugging ice and cutting fruit and, you know, keeping track of the, the checks you have open and all that stuff. But after my shift, I would never, I, I never got the choice shift where you, you could make like, you know, 500 bucks a night or something. But I would make like, you know, 80 to 100 bucks in tips and you kind of kept them in a jar. And I always felt like that money that it was, it was 
you could feel it. It was green. <laughs> you could hold it. I felt like I'd really earned that money. And for people that go straight into the professional world, some of them never do that. Is that kind of what you're getting yeah. at? Yeah. I mean, I, I the only thing I would say, I, I had a blast working in restaurants and bartending. I thought was a ton of fun, but mm-hmm. I wasn't lugging ice. I mean, there was there was people for that. <laughs> you know, I was cutting fruit. Sure, I had I had the the terrible chef, so I was my own bar back. So I, I had to, and every every week I would cut the same part on my finger on my left index finger. There's still like a little scar there. From the follow through on cutting through the, uh, uh, the limp, yeah. But you're working and, with young people, and presumably you're youngish, and oh, yeah. you know you got that your, your Monday, Tuesdays, your your weekend thing. So you had that, that sort of camaraderie. I, right. I don't miss those. I mean, I you do miss those days. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> let's go with that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I don't miss it at forty. Like I wouldn't want to be doing right. it now. But I had, well, right. But yeah. it was great when you're you know, 22, 23. Yeah, I worked at a place called Diamond Jim's Piano Bar, which used to be in the Lenox Hotel, and it was legendary. And most of the Bartenders and cocktail waiters and waitresses were students at the conservatory, and they would they would sing. It was like an old time piano bar, okay. not karaoke, but the, there would be like a pianist, like on Friday and Saturday night, and someone would come up and say, "Oh, I want to sing Charlie on the MTA," or so some old timey yeah. song or a show tune. Yeah, and um, that sounds awful. But yeah, <laughs> I know. But it was an interesting group because, balls. first of all, most. Most of the dudes that worked there were gay. When I, at the time, being a sheltered suburban kid, I didn't really know any gay people. And they were super nice. And then I learned that the manager also was gay. He was this real gruff, kind of a tough guy. And then I learned he had a crush on one of the bartenders who happened to be a straight guy. There was all kinds of sexual tension. It, It was... It was cool. It was better than like a real soap opera. Yeah, you never saw that on Cheers. <laughs> but I'm, I mean, when you say bartending, I'm thinking you're, you know, you're at the beach and there's a bunch of coeds that you know you're all doing shots together. It's more of a coyote ugly on the beach kind of scenario. I'm thinking. Yeah. Less the uh, the Lennox old old timey. No. Yeah. Well, stuff. I'm telling you, this is this is real life. And yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll we'll ask you one more question, Matt. The house is on fire, but everyone is safely out. The pets are safely out. My comic books. And uh, obviously. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say. I was gonna say. Other than your comic books, what would you grab? So I have some of the other. So I can only get one trip here, and I gotta be able to carry it myself, presumably. <laughs> yeah, so well, are you figuring out how much you can fill in your arms. Yeah, I'm trying. You what, don't have what, a bag or a suitcase. Okay, well, my insurance would cover. That. I mean, it would have to be. I would honestly, oh God, because all the things I'm thinking about grabbing, like the expensive hooch, would <laughs> look good in a fire. That's replaceable, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Nothing yeah. I have is irreplaceable. I mean, even like... My, is there a photo? That's a I, no, photo because it's all digital. So, like, I was going to say grab the photo, like, grab my my, what, my wedding album. Like, no, that's all online. Like, yeah. I, I don't need any of that. I got it. Uh, yeah, but maybe the, you know, you want the album itself. Maybe that's... So, I would tell you, I have a... This would not burn well, and I would rather keep it. So, this... And it would be light enough to carry. It would be my... It's like a, it's like a six-foot-tall Deadpool like statue oh, kind of guy really? yeah he's like kind of like foamy and real and so that guy would be pretty funny and just because i could do like the fireman carry and run out with him in slow motion <laughs> like that guy got said, oh my god he's a hero yeah. he saved deadpool everything else can burn usually, I grab deadpool. usually deadpool he's saves great. other people he's great i have a photo you know what you just ruined my answer because my favorite answer used to be i have a, a frame photo that my dad had professionally taken when i was uh, like six months old i was yeah. i was sitting up with a baseball cap and had big baby grin and my dad is there sort of beaming and it's a black and white photo and i remember that photo hanging in our home when i was when i was young and when i moved out at some point i said to my dad can i just take that (laughs) and he said and i think he liked that i wanted it so i still have it and it's that's cherished to me but now that i think about it at one point i remember 
I posted it on Facebook for Father's Day. Yeah, so it's online. It's so on it's, the line. So right. So, so it's replaceable. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. The Comic Cons, I should tell you, the, the, the two, I have a wall of autographs from the Comic Cons, mm. but it's all like, I'm not going to run back into a fire for like Elijah Wood's autograph. <laughs> You know, as, and as much as like the I like the Red Power Ranger, like I can probably get that <laughs> next year. I'm just saying. So those that would be my, that's, well, that was the thought process. What the wheels are. Did you button. have all four color Power Rangers? I, I did not. No. I only got the red ones I got, but yeah. the there was yeah. But it's all like you know, and and they're all super nice. The Lord of the Rings characters and all that. But, yeah, but yeah. Not, so not, well, not that's in. that's I guess that's a good answer. The good answer is that what do you call them? Superficial things, tangible things. They yeah, they're yeah. not as that, important. That as, don't burn well. Right. I'm a big fan of fire, so I'm on team fire. Here. <laughs> but don't, that's a hot take. Really? Do you watch the movie Backdraft and root Love for the that. fire? Yeah, maybe runs even dummy runs that with the mannequin. Come on. What an idiot. Yeah, that was you with Deadpool. That's well, it. you successfully navigated the burning question. And how appropriate we end right. talking about fire and burning questions. Well mm. done. Yeah. All right. We, I promised you a round of good stuff, which is coming up where Matt and I will both recommend something good for you to check out. Before we do that, let me take one minute to remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Right here in our Westwood studios where Matt joins me today. What Do you like the place, by the way? Love it. Very okay. cozy. Yeah, thank you. You can come in and be the next big podcast star. Hire us, work with us, and we will produce your show from start to finish. Intro music, outro music, all the stuff in between. We'll get it posted. We'll get it, have it hosted for you. We'll show you how to distribute and market that podcast. Your guests will be amazed. Clients and others that you would like to curry favor with, perhaps, or build relationships with, invite them to be guests on your show. And then week to week, you will have this living library of cool stuff to share be the next podcast star go to pod617.com to get started the boston podcast network in pod we trust all right let's play a round of good stuff that's the good stuff do you know whose voice that was at the beginning of that the the voice that said that's the good stuff yeah i don't okay it's a hard one it's uh, Robin Williams from Goodwill Hunting when he says, yeah. you know, the thing he misses about his departed wife would be like things like she, she farts in her sleep. You say like those little eccentricities. That's the good okay. stuff. You learned something today. Context, well, you're welcome. So, Matt, you're the guest. You get mm. to go first. What do you have to share with our audience? Well, so I would say now that we're getting into the summer season, one of my favorite things to do, which still seems underrated, a lot of people don't know about it, is the uh, polo in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. So on Saturdays, you can go down, you can go see USA versus Ireland, you can go see, you know, Newport versus New York. And so that is a hot take. I mean, you bring that you can bring the fam, you can do whatever you want. They've got like a tent if you want to do the indoor thing. Most people just bring coolers. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is polo. These are these are men on horses. And women. And women. Sorry. Okay. And I thought you said, did you say Smithfield, Rhode Island? Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Yeah, they, okay. they call it the Newport Polo, but it's Portsmouth. Okay. Is that near Newport? I don't know what that yeah. is. Is near Newport? Yeah. Okay. This is amazing. I have i don't even know that this existed. So you go, do you have to dress up like Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman? It, it's, it's highly encouraged. Is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do yeah, people between, get dressed up? Really? Yeah, yeah. You got oh, the okay. six, uh, I always forget what they call them. Yeah, whatever, not like periods. Yeah, but uh, in between that, that the little halftime, you get to walk around, step on the divots, do all that stuff. But, you, really? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh everyone dresses up like der- like it's a derby party. So think really? derby party. Bring a cool. You I mean people set up tables with? It's a lot of brie and grapes kind of crap. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. A lot of a lot of uh, white wine getting drunk, but you can do whatever you want. I mean, there's you can bring kids. There's that area, and there's food trucks and all that too. But it, that's that's a fun summer. Wow, take. every Saturday it. in July, August. Every Saturday in July and August. Yeah. How much are the tickets? It's like fifteen bucks a person. Really? Oh, it's it's awesome. All right, I'm going. 
And I'm bringing some brie. Just there's some vineyards right down the street. Make it a day. Go to Newport. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. All right. I'm going to recommend a television show. Well, it's a documentary. I guess you call it a series. It's two parts. On HBO. Just came out recently. It's Judd Apatow's take on the life of George Carlin. And I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer so you get a flavor for it. Would you all meet George Carlin? Hey, baby, what's that? <laughs> we got assholes, scumbags, jerk-offs, and dipshits. And they all vote. <laughs> He was funny, he was smart, he was opinionated. I want it to be just like him. He was just so cool. Here's the list of words you can't say all the time. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. And the crowd goes crazy. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. They arrested me for profanity. The Supreme Court restricts the broadcast of dirty words. I'm going to jump to it right now. He's the Beatles of comedy. I began this dream of standing in front of people and having their attention. My mother was his biggest champion. She just had a way of lifting people up and believing in them. They were comrades in arms. But then what happened was superstardom. My mom was alone all the time. She's feeling left behind. And now the drugs are there. And that really did undermine everything in our family. I did as much cocaine as there was in the immediate three-county area at that time. <laughs> All right, so you get a flavor for it. A lot of contemporary comedians like Jerry Seinfeld and Stephen Colbert are quoted in the doc. But So if you're familiar with Judd Apatow, I don't know. Burr. If, and, yeah, Bill Burr Canton. from Canton, Mass. Yeah, He's featured in, the, in it for sure. Were you a fan of Carlin? Oh, love Carlin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I didn't know he did other stuff. <laughs> it's funny. The Alex Winter, who was in that yeah, movie sure. with him, he, so. he appears in this documentary. So, I I mean, I think Carlin was a little before our generation. You know, he was he hit it big in the 60s. But the, it's a very interesting tale so far. I'm not even finished with it. But you, he, he starts as kind of the straight-laced guy who always wore a suit, clean-shaven and everything. And then he realized that really wasn't him, so he went more counterculture. And he really was ahead of his time. It's amazing. There's a, there's a clip in the documentary of he and his wife talking on a talk show, and they're openly talking about smoking weed. And the the host was like, well, I don't want to get you in trouble here. And he and Carlin's like, well, we don't have any with us right now. But, but you know, I think And they, he said, well, what, what will happen if your daughter gets to an age and she starts smoking weed? And they said, well... We won't necessarily push it on her, but we, we want to make sure she has all the information. And he said, this is a country of drugs. You walk down the street, you see drugstore. What do you think they sell there? Drugs. <laughs> you know, alcohol, drug, tobacco, drug. And, and yet some drugs we demonize when perhaps we shouldn't. There are many drugs that are very dangerous, he says. Weed isn't really one of them. And so, like, to hear him say that in, like, probably 1973 or something is really remarkable considering that's finally where the public got around to on an issue like that. But he, he talks about, of course, he, he was anti-war when Vietnam was going on. And uh, and then just, just freaking funny. And the way he plays with the English language is really good. So I recommend it. It's called, I don't know. Oh, it's called George, <laughs> George Carlin's American Dream yeah. on HBO. So who would you put in your pantheon, your Mount Rushmore of stand-up comedians? Well, so that's... Anyway, I was just watching. I can tell you, I wouldn't is, uh, is Robin Williams. I think he, he stamps awful. How okay. dare you, okay. Malign? Number one. So not Robin Williams. Bill Hicks probably would be number one. Bill Hicks. He yeah. did he pass away as well? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Did, yeah. Anthony Jeselnik is my favorite contemporary. Oh, comedian. he's good. Love I like him. him. Right? Yep. Pittsburgh. Yep. Bill Burr is awesome too. Um, Bill Burr is great, but he sometimes gets a little too angry for me. Too <laughs> like, angry. See? Yeah. Just and, and yeah, like all many comedians push buttons. I feel like he 
pushes them really, really hard. Like, did you get the point? Anyway, that's three. He's uh, good I would, I would go with Gaffigan. That guy kills me. He's that's great for you know for PG comedy. But, yeah, yeah, he works clean. Yeah, and you can't. I mean, you can't do a, a Mount Rushmore without Seinfeld. So I guess I don't know how we'd have five on Mount Rushmore. Uh, we'll allow it. Okay, do five that's, worst that's, ones too. That would be easy too. But yeah, I don't know. I never. I, Robin Williams. I always think he's such a great actor, but not funny. It's just that's. Is Paulie Shore on the? On the bad list. Well, he's sure. I, does he even count as stand-up? I mean, him and Sandler, I mean, it's not really stand-up. Say so you got to find a spot for Michael Richards on the bad list. Uh, <laughs> like of actual people that people consider stand-up comedians that are right. just like, come on, what are you doing here? Y- yeah. Well, who, that, that was when who's, he... Who's your best female stand-up comedian? That's a good question. Rosie O'Donnell was great in her time. I think Whoopi was pretty good in her time. Ellen was pretty funny. I might, I might go with Ellen. No, but you know who so it is, Solomon's though? Solomon's pretty good. It, the best is probably Joan Rivers. I think. Wow. Okay. I, uh, so that's sixties, I guess. Yeah, it's, that was and, pretty. And seventies. But if you listen to some, but she, like she was uh, foul mouthed in in the best way, and and it would you know she comes out in her you know her facelift and her you know hair done just so and her nails and she starts you know you know starts calling people bitch and everything and it's just funny. Okay. <laughs> what? Why? Who would you would you go with Sarah, Sarah Silverman? She is good. I, I've I've. A lot of people have a distaste for her because, probably because she wears her her you know liberal oh, liberal yeah, ideology yeah, yeah. on her sleeve. But I mean, talk about dark humor. Her joke about how she goes, so I was uh, I was raped by a doctor, which as a Jewish girl causes such mixed emotions. <laughs> I mean, that is dark. I, I, she, I, it was. So yeah. I would I'd still go with Lisa Lampanelli, probably. Really? Okay. She, yeah, she is funny. She's good live. Yeah. All right. Well, we would laugh some more, but we're up against the clock here. So, yeah, well. Matt Saint Germain, you were you were an above average guest. No, you were an outstanding it's like five guest. Five and a half at a time. <laughs> no, far better than that. Super. If you like this podcast, I don't know why, but follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. Go to pod six one seven dot com if you want your own show. Thanks to Matt, and on behalf of Matt, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston. You must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. Let's do it.